Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Passive-aggressive behaviour is a pattern of indirectly expressing negative feelings instead of openly addressing them. It can be verbal or non-verbal. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everyone is doing well today. We're going to talk about one of the go-tos that men and women use in relationships, but mainly you see a lot of women use it more so than men, passive aggressive behavior and sarcasm. Now, Natalie defined what passive aggressive behavior is. So you're indirectly expressing negative sentiments physically or verbally, number. Now, with this, you have to understand that in order to get to this point, because we use passive-aggressive behavior all the time, a boss comes in and says, you know, you need to do your job better, you're going to get fired. You need to do your damn job because you're the reason why we can't do our jobs. Didn't tell that person that directly. Didn't share that sentiment it to themselves. This is what we do a lot. We do it in life. We do it in relationships of all types. The problem for many of you is that you get into relationships and this becomes the norm. And this person cannot express themselves as they see it. They can always open their mouth and speak. However, they choose not to because they have kind of predetermined what the outcome is going to be. So instead, what they'll do is just sit there and suffer in silence. Now, this right here, this passive aggressive behavior, this was the premise for many women that I had met along the way who were in relationships and who were married. I talked to you about the women I meet at the bars and those kind of things, the married women, it was based on this premise. He doesn't hear me. He's not listening to me. I just keep my mouth shut. Oh, but they purge with me. They would tell me everything. But the thing that they wouldn't tell their partner, not always tell them to go back and share that with their partner. They didn't want to do that because they found comfort in someone that will sit there and idly listen. And maybe give some feedback here and there. And here's the thing. 
many men don't realize you're just one conversation away from this woman giving you her all. There have been so many women that after they got it off their chest and they found somebody that wasn't judgmental and critical, they wanted to go that extra mile. Some did. Some had to remind themselves they were still married or in a relationship. Others, they wanted to have that relief. The one lady got so comfortable that she gave me the key to her house. Put it on the damn counter at the bar and I give it back to her and I said, no. And I tried to give her a little saving of the face by saying, you know, you probably had a little bit too much to drink. She said, I only had one drink and I'm not drunk. And one of the other guys that was sitting there who saw this go down, he says, you're a better man than me. I wouldn't have turned that down. I told him I had to because I can't be looking over my shoulder for the rest of my life. Because a lot of women fellas are lonely in their relationships. And oh, ladies, there's some men out there that are in the same condition. You ladies that are making all these demands and you're thinking, oh yeah, well, I want to go to this place or that place. I want to do this. I want to buy this or buy that. Will you buy that for me? And he begrudgingly says yes. But he doesn't feel as though he's gotten anything back as far as any affection, any acknowledgement from you. I don't think he's received or demands. And it's not just about sex, ladies. It's about common courtesy, many times over. And when he doesn't feel as though he's getting that, he doesn't share his feelings. Oh, and you're thinking everything is fine and you're going forward in that relationship. You're talking about engagement. He's going along with it. And he's saying to himself, wait until we get married. Things are gonna change. And you have no idea what's ahead of you. There are people that are like that. You have to do your due diligence and your checks every once in a while with your partner. What's going on, honey? How are you feeling today? You don't have to do it every day, but let them know you care about them and not what they provide and what they do. Because the worst thing a man can ever get into is a thankless ass relationship. Worst kind ever. I told you about the first date I had when I got out of the Marine Corps and I'd miscalculated how many hours I had to work in order to pay for that date thinking it was only about five hours and coming out to 15 hours altogether if you included taxes and deductions for $180 
at $15 an hour. That went nowhere. I wasted five hours with this woman and wasted my money. No chemistry, no interaction, no hand-holding, no hugs, no real conversation between the two of us. She talked about herself most of the night. And about some fucking dog that I gave a shit about. That was it in a nutshell. And I said to myself, well, if I spent money on, I could have gone out and spent money on any woman on the street and would have got a better result. There was a female coworker I could have taken out and got at least some pussy if I was going to just think on that level alone. But I started to realize that, hey, you know what? There's no sense for me to be, excuse me, for me to be unhappy in a relationship. Why should I spend my money to be unhappy? That's what it came down to. So I had to look at a few things. Why was I allowing myself to get to that point? I was overly optimistic, one. Two, I was one of these people that felt as though if I discriminated against somebody, it would come back on me and karma. So I had to correct that shit. You know, you go out with someone, whether you got the vibe or the feel or not, but you go out with them because you're just going to see where it goes. Fuck that. I had to do a lot more due diligence. A lot more understanding. A lot more thoroughness in my choice, in my decision. Now, some of you have written in and say you overthink things, you're too analytical. And the very people who write in the first time with the insult, write in later on with their problem. And I find that amazing. Because apparently, if you had used your brain instead of your heart, you wouldn't be in the situation you're in now. The other thing too here, which is passive aggressive behavior, is usually coupled with sarcasm. And with this, a person will say something that's the total opposite in order to give you a swipe against your self-esteem or to express negative feelings and sentiments. Women are notorious for this. And ladies, let me tell you something. Sarcasm is one thing that's played the fuck out with men. Please understand that, even with humor. It's too many women that use it. It's just like guys using lines on you. You get tired of hearing that shit. It's the same thing here. We get tired of sarcasm. And unfortunately for some women, that's your own, that's the only thing you have in your personality. You have nothing else in your arsenal besides that. And that shit gets old very quickly and you wonder why you're single. 
we get tired of hearing. Now, when a woman feels as though she's shut down in her relationship, he's going to have the last word. And she doesn't feel as though she had her voice heard. He doesn't listen to her. As I told you, there's a process that takes place. She's going to put forth effort to try to comply in some kind of way. Try to see if she can work around the compromise that you're not willing to work with her on. And once she sees that that's for not, what she's going to more than likely do then is become more reclusive. Maybe take up another hobby, preoccupy the time that she could be with you doing something else. Now, this doesn't stop her lonely sentiments and all the rest of this. My fellas, she'll still sleep with you. And you think that everything is fine. But in actuality, she's staring at the ceiling fan waiting for you to bust your nut and roll over and go to sleep. She's doing just enough to stay in it. Now she has to deal with the moral fabric of the relationship. Am I going to go through this? Or am I going to breach? Now this is based largely on her standards. If she's bound to some kind of religious doctrine or even some personal moral conviction that she doesn't quit or whatever, doesn't give up, she's going to stay and lay there. But these sentiments are still going to continue. Now, when they do continue, what will happen, it will probably get to a point where she doesn't want to have sex with you anymore. She'll probably bring up the subject again. She's going to become a little bit more verbally combative. May even throw in some sarcasm there. And what's happening at this point She's determining whether she likes you. Because see, there's a difference between love and like. And you want your partner to have both of those for you and you have them for your partner. And when she starts disliking you, your very presence irritates her. You're just like her reminding herself she has a rash on her arm and has to scratch it when she sees you. She may try counseling, may try to tell you, let's go to counseling. And the minute you say no, the way she looks at it, okay, that's one effort that I put towards trying to save this relationship. Besides the efforts I've already tried. So there were three efforts that were, two efforts that were done already. My personal effort and the effort of an intervention of a third party. My third effort is going to be to leave. Three strikes are out. But some may placate that by saying, you know what, maybe I can find someone else. 
Now, what happened with these women when they get to a point where they feel disenfranchised, emotionally abandoned? They're not sleeping with their partner or spouse anymore. They both have separate lives and they coexist. She may still continue doing the wifely duties. Sex is not as relevant anymore. You guys are probably not even having it anymore. And if you're doing that, if you're still having it, you're probably having it about once every month, if that. Now, here's the difference. A woman with the moral commitment of staying committed to the partner, if she's married, it could very well be the possibility. The only reason why she's married is still with you, still not cheating on you, is because of the fact that she's morally bound to her conviction of being married. That's the only thing that's keeping you together is those vows, are those vows. That's all that's keeping you together. Not one thing else. Her guilt of failing God, the fear of her being punished. That's the only thing that's keeping you together. She's The love is gone. The like is gone. The familiarity is still there. So what has happened now, she's gradually removing herself from you emotionally. She could meet someone and they could just have a casual conversation. That person's listening to them. That person's giving them feedback. That person is giving them validation in their argument that their position is valid. The very things that you've told her that she was dumb, stupid, didn't know what she was doing, can't think, whatever. She'll feel guilty about sharing some of the things with this other person, usually a total stranger in most cases, because she didn't want a business out there. And then a total stranger will tell her what he would do if he was in her situation. Based on her asking only. Then she realizes, you know what? I don't know if I want to deal with that. And so she wants to know more about you, the other guy. And you go on and you share some things with her. She looks at your life as being a clean slate. She doesn't know you. She's getting to know you. It's starting out fresh. She's already established her situation. And what she's going to do is when you ask her questions, she's going to leapfrog past her marriage back to her age of innocence. When she really liked herself and liked the decisions she had made in her life prior to the decision she made that is altered. It's a vacation for her. 
Now, the thing that happens is, if it becomes a frequent thing, take for instance, you may do this with a coworker. And as she does this, and this person has now appreciated her, she didn't have to qualify herself. She didn't have to actually measure up to any standard. She didn't have to meet any expectation. She's accepted as face value. That puts her in a place where if she's already cerebrally stimulated by this person, she may become so comfortable that she starts to share some of her emotional sentiments. Not necessarily where she's telling him she wants to be with him or anything of that sort. But if she starts that emotional fear in her head, a lot of women try to fight that shit before it gets to their heart. Because they know if they go for this guy, that there will probably be no stopping. There will be no stopping them. They will get to a point where they'll just say, you know, fuck it. Let's just go for it. But they're going to fight like hell to avoid that. Because the thing is, they're morally bound. And many of them are waiting for their husbands and boyfriends to cheat on them first. So they'll have validation, they'll have reasoning in order to go forward with this other person. Justification. Now, the other thing we have to look at here is this. She'll start feeling guilty even about sharing certain things and carrying on conversations where she shared a little bit too much as she sees. And it's common for them to shut down a bit. But what they're doing is to actually have a temperature check on this person to see how does this person perceive them. If the coast is clear for them, then they may continue on. In other cases, she may be so embarrassed and so bound to the pattern of behavior that she's engaged in of biting her upper lip and just sucking the relationship up that she's in as it is. Now, here's the thing. When she gets to a point where she's really trying to give her husband or boyfriend a fourth or fifth chance, she brings up the subject again. She's still getting shot down once again. Doesn't want to talk about it. And she finally just explodes on him verbally. Argument ensues. And before you know it, they're in two opposite ends of the world. Now, by this time, she's emotionally torn. She shares, shares her sentiments with that coworker or that other outside party. And he, he understands. A lot of people have walked off with somebody's girlfriend or wife from what I'm describing here. Just like I could have many, many times. 
without any problems. It's not about manipulation. She's doing all the work. She's telling the other guy everything that's wrong in her marriage, her relationship, how she feels, what she needs, what she wants, what she doesn't get. All of that is put out front. The very thing that her husband should hear or her boyfriend should. Now, at this point, she's being a little bit more open with this person. They may go to lunch together. They may go to dinner or whatever. Normally, she would share that information with her husband or boyfriend. But she wouldn't tell him that she was going out with a guy. She would say, oh, you know, me and the girls are going to lunch today or going to dinner today. Instead, she becomes very covert. Now, meanwhile, the guy is probably thinking something's wrong. If he ever finds out, he's going to try to crucify her for that. But he doesn't quite understand her level of justification compared to his. He's looking at it from the standpoint, you're my property, you're my wife, you're my girlfriend, you belong to me. She's looking at it from perspective, I'm a woman first. Then I'm your wife or girlfriend. I have feelings and they need to be addressed. So you have two different perspectives. Now here's the other thing with this. She may go out with this guy. Things may be going pretty nice. And then she starts to reminisce of other times in her life where she had those same sentiments. It brings her back in a way nostalgically to where she was at one point in her life. Innocent. Wasn't exposed to what she's exposed to now in the relationship. Now, a lot of women will go back and forth about their emotional turmoil. They may have an emotional affair with this person, but may not sleep with them. But by far, if they were to ever get divorced, that would probably be a starting point where they would go to after the divorce. Because as I told you, there are three points with women. Cerebral, the heart, and the vagina. And it's not easy to get to all three. But the majority of women. Some of them, and most of them, will stop you on a cerebral level. With the respect, the conversation, all of the rest, the wherewithals. You know, when they, when a woman tells you that we didn't have any chemistry or when you hear that, that means that she could not make it to that second level with you on the emotional chemistry. There was no congruency there. So as far as she's concerned, it drops off. 
you were cerebrally entertaining, so therefore you could be in the friend zone if she chooses to put you there, but anything going forward, you can forget it. And this is the reason why I tell you guys, don't try after she tells you there's no chemistry, don't try anymore, just let it go. I know your ego and your pride is hurt, but let the shit go, it's not worth it. We're gonna talk more in just a moment. As soon as I can find my damn mouse. <laughs> so now what has been established? A pattern of passive aggressive behavior. Keeps her negative sentiments to herself, shares them with a third party, and she's no longer yelling until she's blue in the face to her partner anymore, husband or boyfriend. Now, some women, majority of women, I would say, there's no way to quantify it, but they may have this moral battle going on between their desires and needs as a woman and the allegiance they have to their conviction of being committed in a relationship. And they have to make a determination, they have to make a decision. When a woman cuts it off from just, uh, when she's getting ready to get emotionally involved with that person, she'll cut it off she sided on the side of moral conviction. I'm still married, I'm still in a relationship, what the hell am I doing? The other woman that has weighed the options will say, you know what? I've made this commitment long enough, it didn't work, he didn't hold up his end of the bargain, I'm gonna go forward. And then she will find an emotional connection with this person. She will allow it to develop. Now, this doesn't mean that she can't roll it back at any point. And what it comes down to, her comfort versus her fears. That woman that gets very comfortable, not only is she sleeping with a guy, she's falling in love with him. The woman who's fearful, she's going to always keep that relationship as a discreet, nondescript relationship. She'll still be telling her girlfriends to cover for her. She'll still be trying to hide, playing peekaboo to make sure the husband won't catch her or the boyfriend. And she'll do that for a period of time. That's going to get old quickly. And she's usually going to end it. Those are short lived and short term. That woman that gets comfortable with that external relationship, she's gonna to try to extend it. Her home away from home. As I told you before, help decorate his apartment or his home. Buying clothes that her husband will never see to put in his closet. Lingerie and all the rest. 
that the husband would never know about. She'll have a whole different wardrobe at his house. She'll go home and do the minimal task. Well, she's going to take care of her kids, going to love her kids. But she's going to be reluctant to even let the kids know about what's going on. She loves her kids, but she don't trust them that much. If she has children. Now, when she does get away to be with him, it's going to be a situation where things are structured in such a way where she has a solid alibi. She doesn't have to worry about her nervous girlfriends telling the truth on her to get out of the situation. She's going to have some rules and some boundaries there for the guy. But for the most part, she's going to feel comfortable enough where it is if she gets caught. Okay, you got me. And she more than likely will not fight to stay into the marriage or the relationship. She'll let it go. That woman is going to be very discreet. Oh boy. More than likely she's going to fight like hell to keep that marriage. Because no matter what, she's still bound by that obligation and that guilt. And she's still motivated by the fear. This is the reason why I tell you gentlemen not to get so caught up with married women if you're a single man. Because this is the kind of stuff you have to deal with. Now, another thing here. Some will get so comfortable that they'll start humiliating their husbands or boyfriends, telling them about her new boyfriend, talking about him all the time. May become so braggadocious and so brash that she wants her husband or boyfriend to meet the man. Now, hear me out. She may not tell him that they're in a relationship. She may tell him, oh, he's a splendid co-worker. We need to have him over for dinner. Oh, honey, that'd be great. And just to cover herself, she might have another female co-worker to come and join them. So in that way, it won't look so awkward. What is she doing? Giving this guy a bird's eye view of her whole living situation. Husband doesn't know it, thinks that it's just something very innocent. Oh yeah, he's a good guy, that's a good couple. They're a good couple, yeah. Too bad we can't be like that. She'll probably say some sarcastic thing like that. And then go back in their neutral corners again. Then, of course, next time she sees him, they'll have him post-mortem about it. He'll understand. And that will be a tactic to win him over. 
You could just leave and come with me. Now, at this point, she may feel as though she has a little bit more solid footing. And depending on the ages of the kids and their devotion, they may side with mommy. She may even bring up divorce to them before her husband ever even knows. What would you think about it if me and your dad went our separate ways? Do you want to test the waters just to see? What she's looking for is who's going to be loyal, stay with mom, and who's going. Now, I know for some ladies, some of you are saying, oh my God, I never do my kids like that. There are women that do. Now, here's the thing. If they're siding with mom, there's a good possibility mom's going to introduce the kids to new guy, co-worker, but not necessarily in a context of them being together as a couple. Maybe it could be a thing where she's taking the kids out for pizza and she calls him up and the female coworker just to come out and have pizza with them. So he has this female coworker, she has this female coworker that doesn't have a clue that she's actually being used. They go out, they have a wonderful time, they're eating pizza, everybody's laughing. And guess what? The guy is no longer a threat because the kids have met him. The husband has met him. So he looks more benign, being that the female co-worker is there. Or it could be one of her girlfriends. It could be anyone. They could fill that spot for the female to make him think that, uh, make people think that those two are together. Now, here's the thing. With this level of comfort, she now has to figure out a way to tell him it's over. Now, usually the way this works most women will wait until the guy messes up, wait until her husband or boyfriend messes up. Let's see, with a breakup on a live-in relationship, it's much easier, but it could be complicated if you guys have joint assets and those kind of things. People are angry with each other, then before you know it, they want to tie each other in court and let the lawyers take all the money. Same thing with divorce. The biggest thing is going to be the child custody. And this all started because she could not express herself and be listened to or be heard. This has all started because there couldn't have been a compromise in the beginning of the relationship or at the time you guys had a discrepancy in it. And it escalates to something like this. 
I've seen this scenario happen more times than I care to remember with people. Especially with women. Now, a lot of women will share these sentiments with their girlfriends. That can be kind of risky, though. That woman that's trying to get with her husband could very well test the waters and see by sharing a few things. This is the reason why a lot of women don't trust other women with their marital problems. Some do. Don't get it twisted. Some do. Just be very careful what you say and what you share, especially in the workplace. I'll never forget one time when I worked at a contractor at this one company. <laughs> this lady came in, I mean, snotting, eyes red, crying, tissues. We thought something really horrific had happened, maybe a death in the family or something like that. And we're like, what's going on? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. So everybody laid off. Then one of the women who was kind of her little office buddy, he sat down to talk. He told her he was, she was worthless. She was fat. She was ugly. Nobody would want her. She was a piece of shit. He got kind of happy because he got with the Knew a woman, younger woman. And he wanted to definitely kill her self-esteem. Well, we all found out what was going on. So that Friday, we got off work. We all said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go out and get pizza. We're going to get beer. We're going to have a good time. Blah, 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 blah. And one of the co-workers, a friend, said, well, you're spending the night with me tonight. You're not going home. You don't need to feel sad. If you're going to feel sad, that that should be on a damn Saturday. You guys can work things out. She comes in Monday morning. Chipper. I mean, smiling and laughing and everything. And everybody was kind of like, what the hell now? And she says, I got an announcement to make. <laughs> well, I looked at her. I filed my divorce papers today. And it was kind of awkward because half the office clapped and the other half looked. And we were like, everybody was kind of confused because it's like, are you bringing up this personal shit in the workplace? Well, <laughs> it only took a few hours later. Everybody was at work. All of a sudden we hear this yelling in the lobby that bitch, blah, 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 blah. I'm gonna kick her fucking ass. He was talking all kind of crazy shit. What had happened? She had given him a copy of the filing, of the petition for divorce. Well, she got her divorce. She had a whole bunch of male friends and family members to go over and move her stuff out. 
And from what they said, some of the co-workers that went on, they said he was on his knees crying and begging, crawling on his knees, begging her to stay. It was over. And ladies, you have to listen to your man too, because we walk around a lot of times filled with anger. We put up with shit on the job, but we have to be passive aggressive with the boss. And see, the one thing about you ladies, you talk to each other. So you have someone to talk to if something's fucked up in the workplace. We have to be careful as men when we talk to other men about something being fucked up in the workplace. Because as men, we're competitive and it's not uncommon for that guy to pull out a dagger and stab you right in the back. Go tell the very person you talked about everything. It's a doggy dog business on our side of the equation. So what does this mean in essence? It means that you have to be very careful as men. When it comes down to sharing your sentiments in the workplace and you know it because you go in there and say this is fucked up and that's fucked up. <laughs> They'll get you out of there. You know, like I told you, we used to have those guys that would get on their little political <laughs> soapbox and say their piece in the workplace. And the boss would say, we're not paying you to be a politician. You need to get to work. Well, some of them tried it a few times and then you didn't see them anymore. <laughs> you knew what happened to them. The women were too smart to do that. Because they knew it wouldn't end good for them. True enough, it would have been a lot more difficult to fire a woman than it would be a man. So a lot of the women would just sit there and the very guy that got let go a woman took his position. That's where it worked. Now, the other thing too. <laughs> Sharing your personal life in the workplace, don't do it. People will turn that around, sharpen the edges, and use it as a weapon against you. They don't need to know about your personal life. I never forget years ago, one time, my mother's coworker called me at home to ask me a question about my mother's life and marriage. But none of our goddamn business. I said, You have to talk to her about that, not me. Oh, oh and she tried to change the Oh, how's she doing? Fuck you. Click. That's because we were suing her employer at the time. And she won. What I'm telling you is this, folks.
If you got a partner that's not communicating, they've shut down. The first thing you need to look for, why? First thing you need to do is, hey, was I dismissive with something that he or she said or something that he or she brought up that I didn't address? Don't criticize them when they speak. Let them speak. Don't interrupt them, just let them go ahead. But what you want to do is to listen. When I had disputes, sometimes what I do is take out a pen and paper and start writing to see what were the sticking points for them. So that when I responded, I could address those issues. And then we work on a compromise afterwards. Monica and I used to do it all the time. The only problem that we ever had, our main problem was two issues. My moving to Italy and the way she spent money that I had to adjust to and understand that I didn't live that lifestyle. I didn't make that money. So why should I give my input? She was born rich, I was not. So who am I to tell her she can't spend $198,000 on a watch? Who am I to tell her that she can't buy a whole rack of clothes? But I had to make that adjustment because I was used to living the way I lived and I couldn't impose that on her because she never experienced it. And as part of our compromise, it came down to things such as, let's go to Fat Burgers, she would say. Fat Burgers? She knew about Fat Burgers. A friend of mine told me about it. Let's go. Okay, look at Fat Burgers. She didn't turn her nose up. I wanna go to Woody's Barbecue. The fuck you know about Woody's Barbecue in LA? Went there. It was a sin the way we ate that damn barbecue. <laughs> barbecue sauce everywhere. Well, sorry for the housekeepers there to clean all that shit up. But what she was doing, she was acknowledging the fact that, hey, I know you're not on my level and you share with me when I take you to venues and places. And I don't mind being in your world too. Things we had to compromise on, things we had to work because we were thousands of miles apart when it came to lifestyle. And that's what you have to come to grips with. You're gonna to have to make compromises. And sometimes the compromise is actually listening to your partner, because some of you don't, men and women. And as I told you fellas, please don't give it that bullshit about where well, I put the groceries on the, on the table, I put the lights on, I pay the mortgage or the rent. That shit doesn't work. Because you're gonna be doing that for yourself 
without her. True enough, it'll be cheaper, but you'll be doing the same damn thing for yourself. That's a moot argument. Now, just hear her out, let her hear you out. And ladies, you're gonna have to listen and not just react when he says something. Hear him out completely. Don't interrupt him. Because see, what you're showing by listening to your partner and not interrupting them, you're showing both, you're showing each other respect. And then you don't have to speak negatively under your breath anymore. One thing that I learned more so than anything is that when you have a partner that does not feel as though they're restrained in any kind of way, you find that you have a better person in your life. And especially if you can do the same. And once you get to that level, you're gonna find fewer and fewer things that are really gonna become problems. You see some of these couples that get along so well, they have effective consideration and communication. They work with each other and talk to each other. And you know the kind of crisis they deal with? Not conflicts among themselves as much as it is external conflicts that may come about illnesses, family members wanting to move in, that kind of thing, where they both have to work together as a team and decide on what's the best recourse. Now, the other thing that you will face sometimes with this is the component associated with it called sarcasm. As I tell you, four ladies, men are tired of it. I don't know why you keep doing it. Use it in moderation. It wears us completely out. We'll talk more in a moment. Sarcasm is the use of words that mean the opposite of what you really want to say. It is often used to insult someone, show irritation, or be funny. For example, saying they're really on top of things to describe a group of people who are very disorganized is using sarcasm. Now, to wind things up a bit, few things that just need to keep in mind. One of them is this. Fellas, you don't have to worry about how a woman perceives you as a leader and a man if you share your feelings and she shares hers with you. With you. I know we have been 
conditioned to keep our feelings to ourselves and all that. Stiffer upper lip and all that bullshit that we've been taught. There's no weakness in expressing your feelings. There's no weakness in listening to her. She still doesn't think of you as a lesser leader because you're listening to her. You know, let me put it to you simply, fellas. It's like this. If you were in a firefight, and I mean, you're in an L-shaped ambush, and I mean, you got guys going down left and right. You're a sergeant, and you have a private first class over there on the side saying, hey, here's a ravine over here. And it just so happens that the people that get into the ravine are surviving the ambush by firing back. Now you're gonna let your pride as a sergeant say, I'm not following no damn private. I'll just get shot. Of course not. You're gonna take your ass in that ravine and survive just like everybody else, hopefully. Your masculinity is not in question. Your leadership is not in question. You know what's in question? Your insecurity. That's something you'll need to check. See, a woman will willfully follow you. A woman will willfully be your partner. But she has to see a stake equity in the relationship before she can do it. And never forget, even though she's your wife or your girlfriend, she's also a woman. And women have needs, emotional needs, physical needs, cerebral needs. She needs to grow just like you do as a man. Tell her you love her every once in a while. Tell her she has some good pussy every once in a while. She needs to hear that. I know she's going to be embarrassed and probably blush. You're not coming back between those legs every night for nothing. If it wasn't good, you'd be in somebody else's legs. Now, another thing too. And ladies, you do the same. Every once in a while, thank you man for doing what he does for you, for being who he is to you. Fellas, do the same with her. Thank her for washing the clothes, the dishes. I'm not saying you gotta do it every day or every week or every month, but every once in a while, just acknowledge that, you know, your efforts, they're acknowledged and you're showing genuine appreciation. It will carry you guys a long way. She doesn't feel as though she's being abandoned or neglected emotionally. Every once in a while, you might want to be spontaneous. Maybe take her out to dinner when she doesn't expect it. She gets off work and she's coming down the stairs with her girlfriends and they're talking about the job and the boss and everything they can't stand. And she sees your card. She's like, honey, what are you doing here? Get in, we're going to dinner.
what you're doing at that point, you're showing her how much she means to you. Like I said, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate or over the top. And fellas, if you have a woman that is looking out for your best interests, and I tell you the best way to tell is on that first date, if she's demanding, <laughs> she tells you something like, well, you decide on what we go out tonight. You, you do that. And you're like, well, you know, I was thinking about Applebee's. Applebee's, I don't wanna go to no damn Applebee's. Are you kidding me? At that point, fellas, that's not the woman for you, no matter how fine she is, no matter how much you want to tap that ass, leave it alone. Let her go with her little lying ego about, you know, I can get a man, I can get anybody to take me to Applebee's. Good. Anybody, please show up to take her ass to Applebee's. But it won't be me. That woman that genuinely appreciates you, she's going to tell you something like, well, you know, honey, we can go to Applebee's. And by the way, folks, they have a $200 uh, discount card, I guess, that you could purchase from them. And then for the rest of the year, you get, I think, 30% off or something like that. You might want to check it out. Because what they realize, their niche is people who date. They realize that a lot of people come there on their dates. So what they're doing is they're actually adjusting a portion of that business model to fit that. Let me put it to you this way, ladies, for those of you who may not get it as far as why are you not getting these men to take you out because you want to go to a five-star restaurant. That woman in Applebee's is eating your lunch because more than likely, she's more concerned about budget. She's more concerned about having a good time but getting to know the person. She's not focused and consumed on things. And not only that, nine times out of 10, she's gonna prove some things to him that you could not prove in a five-star restaurant. Her value. Let me tell you how. You go to a five-star restaurant, what are you gonna more than likely do? Order the most expensive things and sample everything. At a more practical establishment, that woman's gonna have an idea of what she wants because she's used to seeing these things on the menu. She's not gonna waste money. You're gonna order escargot and all the rest of that shit and then spit it out because you don't like it. At the five star. Oh, how many times have I seen that done? And yet, that woman that goes to Applebee's with that guy is going to be more appreciative, more accessible. He doesn't have to worry about breaking the bank every time he goes out with her. They're going to genuinely get a chance to know each other instead of her being so caught up in the experience and in the vanity of being at a fancy place where she's taking pictures of the food, posting them on Facebook. Instead, this woman's going to get to know this man. And there's a better possibility 
for her to establish a relationship with him that's going to be meaningful. Because the relationship you're going to establish with that one guy that's spending out all that money is going to be more than likely contingent. That's the way it goes. And many times, yeah, you'll get that nice meal, but that guy's not going to be consistent with it because he realizes he's wasting his money. There have been times I've gone on dates and the young lady wanted to go to Denny's and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a rain check on Denny's. Let's go to Perino's. Oh, really? We got, but it's so expensive. Uh, don't worry about it. I got it. Reason being, I thought she was worth it. And she was. She didn't demand anything. She didn't ask to go there. She wanted to go to Disney's. And what I'm saying, sometimes those demands you make, you shoot yourself in the foot. This is the very reason why I tell you that first meeting you should have on your first date, it's not really officially a date, Well, you guys can rendezvous for the first time, Starbucks, ice cream parlor, pizza parlor. That's it. Any woman that doesn't want to meet you there, fellas, tough shit. You don't need to deal with it. You're not a financier. You're not some sort of benefactor. You're there to see whether or not things are feasible enough to go forward. Do not take women to concerts on the first day. Do not take women to fancy restaurants or any restaurant on the first day if you can help it. The only reason why I say, when I say first date, I mean the first meet. First date where you guys can actually go out together it's okay to go to a restaurant, not a concert. Not any venue that's gonna break the attention of the two of you. Wait till your third date to do something like that or fourth date. Because you wanna establish some sort of foundation first. Some sort of understanding. A friend of mine took a lady to a cameo concert. Never forget it. He went, I think the first night when they were at the Universal Amphitheater, I went on the second night with my girl, the one with the, uh, the drove the hearse. And he told me, he said, man, I got in there with her. He said she had to go to the ladies' room. I didn't see her until after the concert was over. Oh, I ran into my friends. Mighty funny she didn't bring his friend, her friends down to introduce him to her. He got played. Just like a couple of you guys that have ridden in and went on trips with women on the first date. And she was nowhere to be found for a while. And then she's back with you all of a sudden. Damn it when you guys are ready to leave. 
I gotta take the lady out right over here to Caesars. They were going to the casino, they were gonna have dinner, do a little gambling. Huh, she made sure she got tucked away in that casino. He didn't see her ass for hours. And then when he did wind up with her, she was fucking some other dude on the far side of the casino. Wonder what she was doing all that time. Now, fellas, I'm gonna tell you something else that someone will do. And I heard this shit. I was on a double date one night, and uh, I think I was with Monica during that time. And I had my friend Mace on the back seat with his girl, and it was their first date. And May said, yeah, on our next date, we need to go. She said, oh, there's no next date. I was like, dang. <laughs> I damn near hit the brakes of the car and threw everybody out of it when she said that. Because it was so unexpected. But there was no chemistry the, the whole night. He tried his best with her. Bought her flowers, dinner. When they danced, she wouldn't let him touch her. She'd only dance the fast songs. It was a no-go. I told him, I said, man, what is up with your girl? Ah, she just take a little bit used to. Like, ah, mm-mm. try for that woman for three months. She'll never go out with him again. He was head over heels. She was cute. She was cute. She looked like a miniature Harley Berry. <laughs> but she was very bougie. And Mace was not, he was a street dude, but he wasn't gangster, nothing like that. And of course, she was just interesting. Now, another thing, too. Before I let you guys go, if you find yourselves in a relationship where you're noticing a pattern, a pattern of that person not sharing their feelings, I mean, early on, like you go on a date with that person, they were lively over the phone, they were lively over video chat and texting, and then they shut down when they were around you. And they're telling they're not telling you that they're shy or anything like that. They're just quiet. Then all of a sudden they light back up when they're online again or on the phone. There's a good possibility that person's afraid of being judged. And so they'll say, well, I just go into neutral when I go out with this person. But I can go into overdrive when I'm online. It could be that they're shy. But that's the kind of person you might deal with. Now keep in mind, they may feel better in the comfort of home. So maybe you can arrange a date where it's maybe a Netflix and chill date just to see. 
And he said, well, we waste a lot of time. Because there are some women that honestly believe that we're supposed to pursue them to the nth degree, to the end of the earth. That regimen is made for losers, fellow. Losers do that. These are the guys that are in the thirst traps on Instagram, cutting each other down, trying to see if they can get a date with that woman. These are the guys that are going out paying a shitload of money to OnlyFans to watch women they can never have. You don't want to be one of those losers. Doesn't matter about them having the money. That's not the problem. The problem is they don't have the confidence. They don't have anything else that could actually attract a woman to them besides that. You wind up being a gamma male. You know what I tell you about gamma males? They go into their wallet before they go into their personality. They're very transactional. They feel as though they took a woman out for dinner, he should get sex. That's the way they operate. You don't want to be that guy. Then again, you don't want to be the Omega male either. That loser that's led by anybody that grabs them by the hand. And Omega females, fellas, you already know. One thing about Omegas in general, I'm not talking about the fraternity, by the way. The one thing about Omegas is the fact that they are led by other people because they don't like responsibility. They want someone else to always shoulder that burden. They'll go along with anything that that person who's their leader says. But if things go wrong, they want to be able to point the finger at their leader, not at themselves or anyone else. The world is filled with plenty of those people. Not that they're less than anyone, that's just the way they are. So this is just to give you a perspective on some of the things that you may have to contend with. Now, some of you Delta males, some of you guys that have the great job, everything's going cool in your life, you live within your means or below it, you got money in the bank, you're doing everything the right way, you're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. Be careful of the falling angels. Fallen angels are the women that went for the pure alpha male that they couldn't get and they wound up winding in your lap because they wanted somebody that provided stability. Now, the problem with some fallen angels is that they may not be able to give up the fight. You're okay for right now, but they want to reach for that alpha male again, that guy that they really wanted. If she's still reaching like that, 
trying to put herself into places where she could still mingle and be with those guys. And she's trying to berate you, telling you that, you know, if you did this, if you did that, all the guys she has dated, the places they've taken her and all this shit, that's a woman you don't need, fellas. Because she's she's used to dealing with a guy with low self-esteem. And that's what she's thinking that you have because you're stable. In fact, you're better off than she is. Because see, she is trying to live a lifestyle she can't afford. And she's depending on you for stability. It's your job not to be a working Joe where she charges up the credit cards and everything else and your ass is having to work overtime or a second job in order to pay them. That is not your job. So don't let her fool you into thinking that you're paying for her company. There's some women that actually believe that. Paying them for their presence. You remember a while back last year, I did that podcast on the woman where she said that she was worth, what, 15000 an hour or something like that? was it a night or something like that ridiculous shit I could go right down there in MacArthur's Park in Los Angeles and pick up a woman that looks like her any day but far less that shows you how most people's self-esteem gets It's just like what Thailand did back in the 1980s when the bot, their currency, had a certain value. And they thought it'd be a good idea to equate it to the US dollar. Boy, that was the biggest fuck up in monetary history. Well, one of them at least. They realized they didn't have the assets to cover. And that's what a lot of these women do overvalue themselves. Don't put yourself in that position, ever. It's not worth it. Well, brief review of what we covered. We covered passive aggressive behavior. We got into a little sarcasm. But the main thing to keep in mind is you're nobody's fool. Not even your own. We of Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth.
Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.